Hey, Rachel. So last episode, we recorded after our first photo shoot. Today, we had our second photo shoot. It was super fun. We went to the Coin Op, which is a local barcade. And it's kind of funny. At first, Kelly was, we were talking about where in town we would want to take pictures. And we both agreed Coin Op would be awesome. But I had a hard time telling Kelly that I was having a mini panic attack at the idea of getting kicked out of the Coin Op. And then I was like, oh, well, we could just ask permission. And my mind was like, phew. (laughs) Because seriously, it's my favorite, favorite bar. I mean, I can't drink right now, obviously, but usually you could just go there and drink and play games, and that's, I'm in heaven. It's a good combo. It is. It's all I want to do. It's it's kind of like, if I'm not inviting my friends here to play games, I'm like, hey, let's go do something. What do you want to do? We'll go out and play games. Yeah, I mean, I love sitting and drinking as much as the next guy, but it, it is nice when a bar also has something to do. Yeah, we played board games. Yes. That's, I can't remember what that place was called, but that was fun. We played Scrabble once. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. What were the words that we invented? Oh, my God. There were so many awful words. Oh, that was with Daly, our Australian friend. One of them was bean slit. Oh, yeah. I forgot about (laughs) bean slit. There were, we were trying to make the most obnoxiously vulgar words that were made up it was really fun i think bean slit was an accident like someone started with the word bean and it accidentally ran into the word slit (laughs) that happened organically that was an organic bean slit (laughs) (laughs) only the best bean slits here at southern hills speaking of daily for those of you who don't know i am a cadbury cream egg freak (laughs) freak yeah so i found out that the cadbury cream egg factory is in new zealand and the ones that we get in the united states nestle entered this agreement where okay in order for them to start manufacturing them in the united states like the hershey company they were like yeah we'll manufacture them um but you can't import them from europe anymore no more of that which means they're shittier. Yeah, they're giving us the crap-ass Cadbury cream eggs and giving Australians the good shit. Exactly! That's Why? the only possibility. Like, if you genuinely just don't want a comparative product on the market, you're pitching out the garbage. And I'm loving it. I'm loving every <laughs> minute of that dumpster fire. But Daly said he would send me Cadbury cream eggs from Australia. Sweet. Well, it would have been. But he didn't realize they were a seasonal item, and he barely missed it. But he did send he did send me a bunch of Australian candy. I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm really, really excited about it. And in exchange, I think he listens to our podcast. I'm not going to tell him what I'm sending him, but I'm really excited. <laughs> Ooh, I'm excited to see what you get. I'll share it with you. Yes. American candy. I hope there's Tim Tams. Oh, my God. I, I did joke with Colin when I was telling him I was going to have a candy exchange with Daily. I was like, what if I just mailed him a whole bunch of Tim Tams? <laughs> just go to World Market. And Vegemite. Oh my god. And, and uh, Kinder Hippos. <laughs> Wait, do they have fucking hippos in Australia? I don't know. Am I an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> Only an idiot wouldn't know everywhere in the world that has Kinder Hippos. God, it's me. <laughs> Why am I a disappointment? Every day of my life. (laughs) Well, 
We're Southern Hills. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelly. So I'm sitting on my cooch ball again. Snatch of Steel, as it were. Uh, we're, we're, we're in the works of creating a Snatch of Steel workout video. So buckle up your butts. <laughs> this will be for pregnant bitches that don't want to listen to granola bitches. Tell them what to do. You're all welcome. <laughs> Speaking of granola bitches. <laughs> today's topic is... Call out culture. Yes. Um, anyone who has spent any amount of time on social media has probably seen someone get called out or doxxed, which is basically where someone is publicly shamed on the internet for saying or doing something problematic. And we are going to talk about um, some examples of this happening and how we feel about it as a practice. And I'm pretty excited about it. Kelly actually came up with this topic idea, and it's something that we talk about frequently in passing. So I'm excited. Me too. And I'm validated because when I started researching this topic, I thought I was really going to have to make a case for myself, but it seems that a lot of people on the internet agree with me, which is always, it's always a good feeling. The internet is like the best place to anytime you feel like a crazy person Okay, I can see how that's a pitfall. <laughs> <laughs> yes, frequently. Anytime you're like, am I the only weirdo who? No, there's literally dozens of us. Yeah. Um, I guess to start, I was thinking about a local incident that happened last year. So last year, we saw this resurgence, or I guess it was the emergence because it was a new movement, but the alt-right movement. The Tiki Torch Nazis, as they were. Exactly, Rachel. But they really exploded in 2017, and there was an infamous rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, called the Unite the Right Rally. So we have a local restaurant here in town that's beloved by everyone. It's a local burrito chain. I won't name it, but if you're from Chattanooga, you know what I'm talking about. And last year, one of their employees was called out on social media for being a Nazi. And he had just attended this rally in Charlottesville. So he was at this alt-right rally. He was pretty open about being a Trump supporter and a conservative. But the kicker is that he had a bumper sticker on his moped that he drove to work. And the bumper sticker said, my boss is an Austrian painter. Oh, that's a Hitler joke. Yeah. My boss is Hitler. Really? Uh... So... And it's like, that is so annoyingly internet trolly. Like, <laughs> look how smart I am. It's clever. That's not fucking clever. You're a douchebag. Yeah. Um, it's not cool to be a Nazi. Why do we gotta fucking say this? But <laughs> anyway, so this bumper sticker plus his attendance at this rally prompted a co-worker to call him out on social media. And that post really blew up. Um, it went viral nationally. I was reading about this in national newspapers earlier today, and so he was fired from his job, and he did an interview with our local newspaper about, you know, losing his job and um, being in the center of this controversy, whatever. But people were really divided over whether or not he deserved to lose his job, and in a lot of cases, that is something that makes me uncomfortable when... When someone is called out for some type of insensitivity, there's always these cries for them to be fired from their job or whatever. 
But anyway, so this is a really divisive local subject over whether or not this guy should have lost his job over having these views. And he was also on record denying being a Nazi. So there are people who are still saying, well, he's not even a Nazi and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, you're kind of asking, yeah, I'm not a Nazi. I just really like the swastika as a t-shirt. Right. It's like, only if you... Oh my god, never mind, I'm victim blaming, I guess. I'm like, well, you look like a fucking Nazi. Well, if it were just the rally, I would be more likely to say, okay, yeah, I don't think that he should have been fired for just attending this rally. That wasn't supposed to be a white supremacist rally, but kind of just fucking turned into one, it seemed like. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe that was the whole idea. No, you're you're not wrong, but it's... I think that was kind of eye-opening for alt-right dudes. Yeah, that that rally kind of seemed like the beginning of the end for that movement, actually. Oh my god, actually, fun fact. Oh god. You know Gavin McInnes? Um, okay, well, he's like a an alt-right talking head. I think that he had something to do with the no-fap movement. So basically... Ugh. part of it i think it was him i okay i'm sorry if i'm misquoting this but there was overlap between um dudes who were trying to break their porn addiction and stop masturbating and the alt-right movement there wow. was like so <laughs> like the stars aligned people who spend too much fucking time on the internet yeah they, they, they were like, hey, we're going to stop jerking off. Well, what do we do now that we're not jerking off? Hey, do you want to become Nazis? <laughs> Weird. I wish. It's oh like, maybe you should just jerk off again. Yeah, maybe you could all just have at least one orgasm. Yeah. Just the one. <laughs> but so, yeah, I guess my point was that should he have been fired for attending this rally? I, I'm going to say... No, but the bumper sticker toes it over the line for me. If you're openly a Nazi, and this is this is a pro-Hitler bumper sticker, there's no getting around it, then yeah. yeah, I think a company has the right to decide whether or not they want to employ you. And in this case, a different coworker had complained to the company about this bumper sticker months before, and nothing was done. So perhaps they felt like the only way to push the company into action was calling attention on social media. And that's something else that happens. I think people have this idea like, well, if I just send an email or if I just leave a comment, then no one's going to care. But if I rally the troops on Twitter or Facebook, then that's going to make action. And so I think that's what happened in this case. So I am someone who is on the fence about call out culture. I think in some cases it can be, I don't want to say positive thing, but it can be a very effective thing. And in other cases, I think it's really... Mm, I think it branches into Boy Who Cries Wolf territory. Yes. Which is like my favorite Aesop fable. Because it's just... there. It, it's something you don't even think about. If you just repeatedly keep calling people Nazis, you're only devaluing the word. Right. And it's like, if I happen to use the wrong word... Or a word that was previously socially acceptable but has now been deemed unacceptable. For example, sex worker versus prostitute. Prostitute is very devaluing of the person, whereas sex worker acknowledges it is a person doing a job and therefore they have value. Um, Or hooker, like the same type of thing. Right. So, oh, but if you just 
repeatedly say that every little thing that people are doing wrong is just so problematic awful. is the word that gets used. Yeah. It's I mean, if we're if we're moving to a place where the mob mentality becomes judge, jury, and executioner, and we're at the same time making it to where these words are slowly losing value, it's just going to get really, really sticky. Yeah, I'm really glad uh, you went in that direction because that's kind of the direction I wanted to go in. So we open with an example that I, I want to say in terms of call-out culture, I think this is one of the more acceptable cases of calling someone out you know if you're i'm okay with calling out nazis yeah if you're if you're going to be an openly be a nazi then that's that's a risk there them's, them's the breaks kid but um i was reading this story too so this i think this happened in 2015 but um there's a huge community of fan artists on tumblr particularly for the show steven universe so an artist on tumblr drew a picture of a plus-size Steven Universe character, but they drew it um, in a way to portray that character as if they were very thin. You know, they redrew a character as a thin person. And this upset a lot of people who saw that as fat-shaming. But this particular artist was bullied to the point that they attempted suicide. Holy shit. Yeah, and apparently it was such a disaster that the producer of Steven Universe tweeted this in response. This is a quote. Fan artists can create whatever art they want, and everyone has the freedom to criticize it for any reason. However, bullying is not criticism. And I that is a direction that this call-out culture kind of tends to take instead of saying, hey, you drew this picture, and I find it very offensive for these reasons. We say things like, kill yourself. Yeah. That's bullying. That's harassment. Especially, you use the phrase mob mentality... I think this kind of takes on a mob mentality sometimes where it's easy if you're sitting behind a computer and someone says, oh my God, this person drew this fat shaming picture of this character that we all love. Everyone can kind of easily pile onto them. Yeah. And I guess just barrage them with It becomes a witch hunt. It does. So there's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about. If you're not familiar with tribal psychology, I think I've brought it up before. Um, But basically tribal psychology teaches us that Um, Whenever you're presented with facts that don't align with the people that you consider your tribe, you just double down. And a great example of this is with climate change. If there's research where some people were given data about a perfume and it was like, this much of the perfume is this and then this. And then the same data was then rephrased. Oh, yeah. And the person giving the data was an expert. They were like, this expert, this is their credentials. And they were like, yeah, I believe that that person is an expert in this field and that the things they're saying are true. And then the next thing it was, well, it's climate change. Here's the exact same numbers, exact same credentials. And then it was, no, I don't believe it. So, I mean, mean, they were showing the exact same person, the two different things. But it just went to show that if you said you aligned with people who felt a certain way, you doubled down no matter what the data said. Right. So, if you think about that in terms of the mental gymnastics you would do to devalue what a person is doing, even if... Somewhere deep down, logically, you think, well, I don't think it's that bad that they're making a thin version of this character. If everyone you align with is saying that, then it's more our nature to say, I want to be a part of the group. And so, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. And it's always going to be a part of human nature. We genuinely just have to recognize it. And I mean, that's all I've got. The more you're aware of it, the more you're likely to be like, okay, 
I tend to be biased towards Kelly because I love Kelly so much. <laughs> so oh, shucks. <laughs> I have to be more discerning about my Kelly-based data. Yeah, this is something I was reading earlier. Gotta it, whatever, but it was saying how um, in this call-out culture we have all these people who are just piling onto this one person for this moment of insensitivity. And I think you should ask yourself before you tell someone on the internet to kill themselves or, you know, call someone a horrible human for uh, drawing a picture. What is the goal that you, like, what are you trying to achieve? Do you want them to apologize? Because in a lot of cases, these people do apologize and no one cares or it doesn't change the feelings of anyone who's mad at them. You know what I they mean? They still have all the pitchforks. They still have all the pitchforks. They don't accept the apology or they think they don't mean it or whatever. Yeah. So like, what do you want them to do? Kill the- themselves. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. It should not be a capital crime to draw a character in a different way. Right. And I, I'm sure the intention was not to fat shame. You know, the intention was probably just fan art. This is my interpretation of this character. If that is insensitive, then that can be communicated to that person without telling them to fucking kill themselves. Yeah. And here's the irony. I have some friends who identify as thick. You know, like I've seen them <laughs> post on their Facebook they're like thick thick goth girlfriend or whatever. Right. And that's their thing. And I saw one of them post um, a girl who had like a really flat ass. And it was like, I would kill myself if my ass looked like that. Oh my God, that shit makes me so angry. Yeah. I don't give a shit what you look like. I don't, if you are comfortable in your body, that's fine. If she, what if, what if that artist was an overweight girl and she wanted to lose weight? So she was like, I want to see what this character would look like if they lost weight. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Apparently some people did a whole lot. A whole lot. Just so much. Kelly and I would like to offer you the suggestion of getting a hobby (laughs) or two. Yeah. This kind of goes along with something you said earlier. Um, Spend less time on the internet. It's a big world out there. And there are real problems in the world. If you're going to focus so much vitriol at an individual, it would be for someone who did something really terrible because those people are out there. Yes. No joke. And if you have this much time to just devote this much emotion and energy into what other people are doing, I, I frequently think to myself, because I'll think, um, some sometimes I get a little heavy on the social anxiety side and I have to bring myself back down to earth. If I spend my time thinking about what other people are thinking, I don't have that much time to think about my own thoughts. That's true. So if you're worried about what other people are doing, find some shit for you to be doing. Ooh, so yeah, this is another example of a call out that I thought was particularly interesting. And this was a really good article called The Excesses of Call Out Culture. It was published in The Atlantic by Connor Friedersdorf. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go with that. But so an individual was tweeting about an Olympic athlete. Um, her name was Mirai Nagasau. And this person said... Immigrants, they get the job done. Okay, yeah. Well, this athlete in particular was born in California. Her parents <laughs> her parents were immigrants, but she's an American-born athlete. So I'm really not surprised that there was a lot of backlash about this tweet. Right. 
Although I don't think it was intentionally racist. Some people did think that it perpetuated this quote unquote perpetual foreigner stereotype that a lot of Asian Americans face. So yeah, you're calling an American born individual an immigrant. Yeah, I can see how that would be offensive. Um, But apparently, according to the person who made the tweet, it was referencing a line from Hamilton. Oh, I think that Alexander Hamilton's in I think that his parents were immigrants, and I think that is like a lyric in one of the songs. I could Google it. Yeah, um, but that was their that was their justification. They were like, "I'm sorry, I was referencing something else, and I didn't mean to be racist." Basically, but people were really um worked up about it. And one of the people calling this individual out said something about how um they placed an American woman into the category of other. But then the author of this article goes on to say, well, by saying that, you are placing immigrants into the category of other because the original tweeter never said. Yeah. So just like you said before, um, focusing so much on another person's microaggressions, meanwhile making a microaggression, <laughs> it's like just chill somebody the fuck call, out. Somebody call that bitch out. That's what I want to see. Right. Well, this paper kind of, or this article kind of did, but they were doing so to make the point that no one is perfect. Yeah. And everyone, I don't care how woke you are, has an occasional moment where they say or do something stupid on accident. And if you happen to do that on the internet, God fucking help you. <laughs> <laughs> yup. And here's the thing. I'm all about forgiveness. I think that you can say stupid shit and still be an okay person. I We live in Tennessee. We live, live in Chattanooga. And it's great here because you're exposed to so many different people. I know decent people that voted for Trump. And the reasons they voted for him had more to do with their sense of right and wrong and what they thought was going to be best for the country. And, and that's what most people are doing. They're just making decisions for what they think is best for the world. And sometimes those decisions are horribly misguided. For example, in Satanic Panic, the gays were blamed for Satan. Yeah. But if you think about if you grew up in a situation, and yes, it's on everybody to grow as a person. I'm not saying that. But if you grew up in a situation where that's kind of what you thought, if you've moved away from that enough to not blame gays for being the devil <laughs> and molesting children, but maybe you're still uncomfortable around them, no, that is not as much progress as we would hope for. But it's still fucking progress. So we're trying. I think most people are trying. Yes, I. you've said this before in this podcast. I think most people are doing their best, but um, no one is perfect. Oh, I wanted to talk about, so what is call-out culture really? And what it really is is social censorship. The most powerful form of censorship is social, not state. We have two ways of controlling and censoring behavior, state coercion and law and social pressure. So what that basically means is the state could tell you it is illegal to have Nazi stickers, but that's only going to make them kind of sexy. That's going to be like, well, they said I shouldn't do this, so now I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, if all of your friends are like, don't put a fucking Nazi sticker on your moped, you idiot. Maybe you're not going to do that then. Right. Or at least you're going to be a lot less likely to do that because you want to procreate and have friends. Yeah, I I do think in a lot of cases it can be kind of a healthy thing. I have also seen, I mean, this was pretty far reaching because I had no idea who any of these people were, but you know, a Facebook post gone viral where this girl 
had gotten drunk and been sexually assaulted at a party, like pretty seriously sexually assaulted. And she had texts the next day from the guy admitting to it and kind of apologizing for it. And she put them on blast on Facebook. Like, this guy did this to me. I want everyone to know the truth. And so people were sharing it. Like, I didn't realize this guy was a rapist and everyone should know. Um, I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah. I think that I draw the line at pedophiles. Okay. See, I don't know. Cause even that gets complicated. I, I'm like, I draw the line at pedophiles, rapists and Nazis and Nazis. <laughs> yeah. But there's a reason for due process. That's true. That and is true. Yeah. Like I've been talking so much about this stupid show with Kelly, but I really, really like it. It's called The Killing. It came out in 2011. It's on Netflix right now. And in that show, they're following one murder for two seasons. Spoiler alert. Um, But anyway, there are so many people that are just completely in the most inconvenient way to make them a great suspect. And that would be true for any murder. If you've listened to any true crime podcast, usually there's more than one person who fits the bill as the perfect suspect. So... Taking away a person's right to due process and then just socially executing them. I mean, in the case of a rapist who texts you and apologizes, yeah, fuck that guy. Put that shit on blast. I don't care. But in some of these cases, like the girl who carried the mattress around the campus and later it was doubted that they weren't even in the same place at the same time that she said her assault occurred. Oh, Jesus. It was something like that. Um, And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Don't murder me don't dox us (laughs) don't fucking dox us but that is that is something else that's another reason why this call out culture makes me very uncomfortable because the internet is forever if you call someone out today and that post goes viral that's on them forever and i don't think that's fair for a moment of insensitivity i mean yes if you rape someone or if you do something horrible then that's different but if you draw a picture If you accidentally draw an insensitive picture or if you accidentally make an insensitive comment, I don't think you deserve to have your name dragged through the mud for the rest of your life and after your death even. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's why it really doesn't sit well with me in a lot of cases. No, I I completely agree with you. And it's we've already gone so far with it that I don't know how you put Pandora back in the box. Yeah, I don't either. I I guess, I mean, from a lot of these pieces I read today were published pretty recently and they all seem to unanimously agree that enough is enough with this senseless calling out of people who made a human mistake one time. So hopefully if we can just make that statement a safe thing to say, then that will kind of shift the tide. I hope so because I miss being able to happily be a dissenter. It is my nature. Yeah, that's another thing. This culture has kind of killed discourse you know you can't really um have discourse against a fucking angry mob you can't do anything honestly i I guess if i was the enemy du jour on the internet i would just turn off my computer for a week and wait for everyone to get distracted by something else and then come back what else can you do kill yourself (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding don't kill yourself it's not worth it those idiots will find something else to not jerk off to apparently (laughs) So Kelly's talking about how she found a bunch of stop it with a call out culture. I wanted to see if I could find a pro one and I did. 
It was written November 13th, 2008. It was called Social Censorship Works. And some really good quotes from it. Ostracizing those who stray from established codes of speech and behaviors benefits society as a whole. Broadly, I approve of such sanctions provided there within the law. Doxing would not be within the law. I think it's... Well, I guess if you're using public record, it's probably still legal. But I think at some point it would branch into harassment. You know what? I'm not a fucking lawyer. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Provided they're within the law. I approve of them because they're freely born. Wilde and Lawrence, I didn't read the whole article. I'm not going to lie. So I don't know who he's talking about here. (laughs) Are free to express ideas that were deemed socially repugnant. And society is free to reject them and make life unpleasant for them. Both the expression and the social repression are part of a free society. So what left-wing nut job would have written this article, Kelly? Sounds like Rachel Maddow. God, just CNN all day long. Fake news. This article was written by none other than Digby Anderson, ordained Church of England priest, founder of the Social Affairs Unit, and contributor and editor to several conservative American and British journals, including National Review, a.k.a. the magazine founded in 1955 specifically to unite the American right. That's a conservative, ladies and gents. But you said this was published some time ago before this was common practice. Yep, to November 13, 2008. I wonder who they were wanting to call out. I would have read the whole article if I weren't in a hurry. <laughs> I might go back. It sounds like a good read. No, it's it's funny. I just wanted to point out that it was from um, 2008. Yeah, that's a decade ago. Yeah, because in that time, it's like, yeah, we should totally call out these assholes. But now we've had this social shift. Oh, man. So, those assholes probably being the Obama boppers. Right. and i think it's funny too because yeah all this um reading about call out tweets you know who makes a lot of call out tweets donald trump (laughs) (laughs) oh my god he is a middle school girl in a fucking chunky body (laughs) fat shamer i'm sorry i'm not sorry i'm I'm gonna cut that it's fine i mean i'll cut my part no you can totally leave it you should actually totally leave it because i would like to say i redact nothing i will mock people to the end of the earth if i see fit particularly if they are fucking assholes yeah dare i say oh god this actually no this is kind of relevant this is kind of relevant even though these people were not named by name but this was like a while back before this podcast i read this article that infuriated me and i had a good rant to rachel about it but this woman who wrote this article she was at starbucks and she overheard three teenage girls talking shit about another teenage girl i remember this so this disturbed her so deeply that she went to the barista and ordered them another round of drinks and she gave them another round of drinks with a handwritten note and then left before they could read the note and the note said something about how um you know it would cost you nothing to be kind you should be kind to people and yes you should be kind to people but i reserve the right to talk shit to my friends (laughs) we all do everyone talks shit everyone yes everyone talks shit about everybody else that is the way of the world And, like, the whole thing was just so self-serving. 
You know, she did that to feel better about herself. She did that to feel superior to these teenage girls. And I think that that's the case with a lot of these people making these call outs. And then she went on the internet to talk shit about them talking shit. Ooh. Yes. You dumb bitch. <laughs> God. So fuck out. So fuck out. That's <laughs> so stupid. It's just let people exist, man. And it's. Everyone is going to judge you on some level, but it doesn't mean that they don't love or respect you. Right. Maybe I could be like, don't dick shame me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) It is my right to occasionally be a dick. Yeah. And I support your right. (laughs) And here's the thing. Like, you could literally, we could, okay, I'm not going to give this specific example. There was a specific example (laughs) where I was talking mad trash to Kelly via text message and texted it to the person who was at the table. We've talked about this on this oh, podcast. Okay, okay, fine. We- <laughs> okay. So I did that and uh here's the thing. I don't give a shit. I don't it's stupid like there are conversations that you need to have with yourself or you need to share with someone else that you don't need to share with the person because it wouldn't be productive or good for your relationship. Right. So if you're talking shit about me right now, I support you. Yeah, what the fuck can I do? You're gonna do it. I would rather never hear it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, what you, what conversations you have with people who are not me has nothing to do with me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, whatever relationship you're having outside of me, I don't care. Yeah. It's- I mean, it would be different if I took to Twitter and said, man, Rachel sure is a bitch. But if I say that to my friend in Starbucks... I would be. (laughs) Well, Kelly, here's the first problem I have with that. I would be that friend. (laughs) And it would be really weird. I would be like, Kelly, I know we've been over this. I accept it. And it's, it's stupid because it's not like you're, I think that it could branch into bullying if those girls were being catty and then, you know, outing that girl at school or something or like. Right. But they weren't. Right. Yes. If if they were, like you said, like rallying other students to pit against this girl or harassing this girl at school or online, that would be totally different. But if they were having a conversation amongst themselves, like if I were to make a list of things that Kelly could talk shit about me about, it would start with I am late as fuck <laughs> on the podcast sometimes. And I and just in general, it would be those two things. Oh, yeah. And I have zero concept of time. I mean, I've got a laundry list of my own annoying quirks. <laughs> Everybody does. But that but that's our point. Like nobody's perfect. Everyone does annoying shit. Stop talking. Everyone is an asshole on occasion. Everyone. Yeah. And actually this quote I mentioned earlier from the Atlantic, there's a quote in here I really like. It says, "At current sensitivity settings, literally everyone is problematic, most often for beliefs that they neither hold nor are aware of implying." So yeah, it's I guess it goes back to um, accidentally being an asshole. Everybody does it. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, no one likes those drivers who cut them off and it's clearly that they think they're going to get to go faster and you know very obviously that they are not. Yes. Sometimes you're that asshole. (laughs) You just are. It's true. Like, you're just in that exact set of circumstances in that moment and you're like, I have to get over I'm sorry. So... Just accept that sometimes you're the asshole. And, oh, so I don't, I don't know if I ever got around to it, but you should watch The Killing if you want a new respect for due process. 
Oh yeah, that's what we were talking about. Um, that is a great point because that is it does make me uncomfortable too. Granted, I I do not think that anyone who has suffered sexual abuse should be silenced, but I do think it is a very tricky area for people to be blasted on the internet with no due process. That makes me uncomfortable. It just does. It does me too. And this is something Kelly and I were talking about. It does get complicated because. In a lot of sexual assault cases in particular, there's not going to be physical evidence unless there's a very particular set of circumstances. Right. And especially if you're talking about past trauma, the shitty part is if you're talking about past trauma, the likelihood of whoever offended against you offending again is pretty high. So that having been said, you would have the unfortunate benefit of your story being validated by similar stories. Yeah. But if you don't have that, then it really is just a case of your word versus someone else's. And that's, I mean, neither one of those situations is ideal. I mean, I guess ideal is people don't sexually assault each other. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't. Okay, for these people being called out for microaggressions, I do think there's a solution. You know, we don't really need to harass these people into committing suicide but we we also, we don't have to just let people make microaggressions on the internet because those can be harmful too. I get that. We can educate them and maybe we can use it as an opportunity to educate everyone again in a diplomatic way. Yeah. But yeah, when we start towing into these really nasty areas of um, sexual assault and racism, I don't know what the answer is. Okay. This is actually a quote by Isaac Newton. Tact is the art of making a point without making an enemy. And I'm I'm not like a crazy about quotes person, but tact is a word that we don't use very often. And I think in this instance, it's really apt. It is not in good taste to just call someone a garbage monster for using the wrong term. It's not okay to totally devalue a person's worth. Like, you don't know, maybe, maybe they spend every Saturday... They work 40 hours a week. They spend every Saturday volunteering at a homeless shelter and every Sunday volunteering at an animal shelter. And then they happen to call someone a flamer on the internet. <laughs> flamer? <laughs> I saw it recently and I was like, somebody's trying to bring that back and I feel weird about it. I think we're in a post-flamer era. Yeah, I haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah, so first of all, that is the hella of... <laughs> But okay, what if what if they called someone like what if they just threw out an outright slur on the internet, you know? That's different than it's like you do good things, but Right, but you're an asshole. But yeah, they were using it as a descriptor. They were trying to say they had a very if you want to say a media stereotypical gay friend, they were trying to describe that friend. I see. So that that is a good point because I think that is something that gets totally lost. It would not hurt to think about what someone's intentions are before jumping to a conclusion about them, you know? Like with the immigrant example, they were not intending to be racist. What they said was racist, and they should have been made aware of that, but it, I don't think it was intentional. Right. So, <laughs> what what did it say? Immigrants get shit done? Yeah, or immigrants get the job done. Oh, <laughs> I had to make it worse. <laughs> what if... By immigrants and done, they meant her parents. Then immigrants did do it, and then there was an Olympian. If they ever listen to this, they're going to be like, fuck, why didn't I think of that? 
<laughs> no, I meant her parents. I meant her parents creating her. Come on. Right, guys? <laughs> They're doing like the vague... <laughs> the gimme hands. Yeah, gimme. Come on. I swear all of my points right now are Netflix. Another recent Rachel Netflix experience was Obey the Giant documentary. Um, It's Shepard Fairey. He made the Andre the Giant Obey stickers. So he only made like... He says exactly how many he made. It was something like maybe 100 or 50 or something like that. And he stuck them up all over his city. And no one knew what they were. And they were this big mystery. And then the newspaper printed it. And then he responded and was like, they offered a reward or something. Was like, yeah, I whatever. I know who did it. And then they were like, yeah, well, now we have a handwriting sample so we can figure out. I don't think they ever caught him. He was like, this made me realize, oh, people were writing in like, yeah, what is this? What is this? What is this? And he was like, I only printed 100 of those stickers. You would have to be in this place. How many people go by that place versus, you know, how many thousands of people subscribe to this newspaper? Right. So with increased exposure, it's easy to be biased towards thinking something is more common than it actually is. Oh. Yeah. So now that we're just constantly exposed to all these different forms of media... Who's to say that these problems are as prevalent as they seem to be? I mean, call-out culture is definitely quite prevalent, but the things that people are calling out, like, I've, (laughs) for example, I've only seen one person use the word flamer of late. (laughs) There's not, this is not Flamergate 2018. I mean, I... I don't see much ignorance on my feed, but then again, I'm not friends with assholes. But when I read the comments, like on our local news channels, Facebook posts, it makes me want to gouge out my eyeballs. Oh God. Yeah. Local news is the absolute worst of the worst. Yeah. It's where opinionated idiots go to prove that they are both opinionated and idiots. If we're going to dox people, why aren't we doxing these dumb fuckers on, like, the newspaper's Facebook? News Channel 9. <laughs> I mean, they're right for the picking over there. Seriously. And Not that we're condoning that here at Southern Hills. Yeah, don't go doxing our local news people. They already put, this shit is commented on Facebook. They have attached their name and their face to it. They are told, you could probably go (laughs) ask them and they would say their stupid shit to your face. Happily. I did see something recently. This is a good example of call out culture. Um, I subscribe to Baby Bumps on Reddit, which is like a bunch of similar sense of humor nerd chicks who are also pregnant. And it's, I mean, Kelly and I are both alt chicks. So I was not going to fit in your typical mommy groups. It just wasn't going to happen. So it's nice to have a place where it's like, hey, yeah, I'm farting a lot too. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, anyway, so, but anyway, this old lady commented and was like, I don't understand what's up with you girls these days. He doesn't need to be changing diapers. You need to be doing your job. (gasps) Oh. Yeah. And then someone was like, this is a new time. Like, we work. We are equals in our house. And then later on, the lady was like, you know, you're right. I really didn't mean anything by it. It's just so hard, you know, being from a different generation and seeing these changes. And you're right. I'm sorry I said that. Like, she genuinely was like, wow. Yeah, she was like, I was a dick. Sorry. And you could see her apology where she had come around him and been like, yeah, you guys are right. I'm happy that you have this support. It would have been nice. I admit it. 
And then there were like 30 comments of people continuing to just, they read the first comment and then they just kept spewing their vitriol at this yeah. lady. And then in the middle of it, she was like, I already said, I'm sorry. I'm unfollowing this or whatever. I don't remember what it was. And I was like, well, she seems like a decent lady. Wow. Yeah. The, the, the apologies never do anything. <laughs> People just like being mad. I guess so. I, I've heard it described as a shared schadenfreude. And I can totally see that where everyone's just like, let's, let's enjoy this lady's downfall. <laughs> Look at her go. So I don't I don't go on racist tirades or I don't really I don't think I really say or do anything that would get me um called out, but you never know. And the one thing that I do worry about that apparently a lot of people worry about is to be accused of cultural appropriation. That's the new thing that well it's not new anymore, but that's something that we love to accuse people of today. And I do I have my own issues with that. We'll probably talk about it in a different episode. But one of these articles, it was called The Destructiveness of Call-Out Culture on Campus. It was also published in The Atlantic by Connor Friedersdorf. I guess this dude really feels passionately about this topic. He's got a real bone to pick. This college student wrote in a letter. They were talking about their feelings on call-out culture and how they also fear being called out. And this was something that I thought was really, I don't know. I'll just read it. This person said, I'm going to pick select quotes because this is pretty long. So one time around Halloween, I read a piece that a friend posted about a Mexican tequila themed party that had happened at a small liberal arts school. A few members of the student government had attended and taken a picture wearing a sombrero. The entire school was so outraged that their student leadership had participated in cultural appropriation that they ridiculed them online and forced them to step down. Reading this article was stressful for me because my roommates and I planned a tequila-themed birthday party for a friend that same night. I was concerned that someone would call us out for cultural appropriation even though we didn't call it a Mexican party or have sombreros there. We just wanted to drink margaritas and offer some chips and guac as snacks. Since then, we haven't had any tequila-themed parties. I also had always aspired to have a crawl where each room was themed like a different part of the world i.e. one room would be Russia and the people would drink white Russians, another room could have tequila and chips and salsa, etc. But I never push that again for fear of being called out as an appropriator. I am just going to go on the record saying I'm sure that someone could provide me examples of cultural appropriation being problematic. I'm sure they're out there. However, America has always been a melting pot. And here's what pisses me off. If you've ever seen, never mind, Kelly is this person. Bitch, I'm calling you out. <laughs> Some people have to have their food not touch whatsoever. I was that person. <laughs> Kelly is that person. <laughs> I was that person for forever. But then eventually my food started touching and I realized this is not that big a deal. It doesn't affect the, the food that much. I'm cool with it. So now I can eat stuff where it's just layers on layers of stuff that you don't think would go together. Whereas before I couldn't do that. So anyway, I'm not trying to take our country and make it the separated chicken tenders plate, you know, with like the little ridged plates and everything is separate and everything is pristine. I will never. I like the messy. Yes, I will never understand this attitude that the solution to racism is resegregation. I, I don't get that, but I am aware that I may be wrong. However, I think that, okay, yes, there are examples of cultural appropriation that are harmful to other people. Like, 
let's just say the Cleveland Indians mascot, you know, before it was changed. That was a racist caricature of a race of people. That is damaging. And like people wearing headdresses to those games and stuff. That to me, yes, that's cultural appropriation. But I don't think having like a fun dorm room party where every room of the house serves a drink based on a different country. I don't think that's problematic. I don't think that hurts people. No, it's celebratory. If anything, why can't we celebrate other cultures and enjoy them? And I guess someone on the internet would argue, as it just occurred to me, if you're drinking white Russians, that's some caricature of what a Russian would be doing is drinking vodka. But the entire world operates on that level. Okay, what if... Like, think about you when you were... What country were you in? And the guy was like, he thought you were a surfer. Yes. I was going to say... Let's say I, okay, yes, when I was in the streets of Amsterdam, um, I was approached by a man on the street who wanted to know where I was from. I said I was from America, and he started screaming, yeah, man, ride the waves, man, (laughs) for like 10 minutes until I walked away because he thought, oh, American, surfer dude. And yeah, you could easily have an American room that was like Bud Light and cheeseburgers and firecrackers. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't get it. To me, it boils down to a need to feel superior. Like I'm, that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Just, I need to be better than these people. So look at how much more aware of the world and, and, you know, appropriate I am. And I don't like it. Just live and let live. And I think so too. I, I definitely agree with you. And we're seriously branching into Boy Who Cried Wolf territory where we're going to have a hard time arguing that anything is actually bad. Right. Yeah, I I guess my take-home message for this episode is that we really need to pick our battles. If you're going to call someone out, ask yourself, are they doing something that is truly harmful? Can this be solved with educating them? I mean, if you think that something is cultural appropriation, maybe you could explain why instead of just blasting them on the internet and What I am taking away from all of this is that I don't think call-out culture is entirely a negative thing. It certainly can be a very harmful thing. I think there's a time and a place, but I think that we should really choose our battles wisely because if we call people out over every perceived problematic thing, then like you said, it's if everything is problematic, then nothing is problematic. It's like people who send you emails always marked urgent if everything is urgent nothing is urgent motherfucker right uncheck that box but i sense that i sense everyone kind of collectively being exhausted and wanting to go back to a reasonable place i do i sense that in our peers i agree even here's the thing anti-pc culture is obnoxious because they're propagating this idea that no it's okay for me to be an asshole yeah It's not. There are tons of things that branch into, yes, this is the PC way to describe this, like maybe don't make fun of Rosie O'Donnell for the things that you made fun of Rosie O'Donnell for Donald Trump. Or there's just a ton of things that manipulating the way you talk just a little bit can make someone else go from feeling like a worthless garbage human to someone of value. Yeah. And I don't think it's okay to just constantly rally against quote-unquote political correctness when it comes down to, no, using these other words makes someone else hurt less. Right. But at the same time, something that Shepard Fairey came to that I really, really liked, it you should watch the whole documentary. It's really interesting, but 
he did the Hope picture for Obama, and he started out as a graffiti artist, so it's kind of cool, but he had kids, and then at that point in his life, he was like, I decided I wanted to stand for something rather than against it, and that's when he decided to support Obama. And I really like that, because this is all just hate, 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 and rally against, rally against, but when really it's... I know that in our episode about um, the aftermath of gay marriage... I called it gay marriage, and then I was feeling kind of guilty. I was like, is that even the appropriate way to call it anymore? I know most people refer to it as same-sex marriage. Clearly, I support it. I have friends who are married to their same-sex partners. I I genuinely support it and anything in, in the middle of it. But if someone heard that and then thought I was just a huge dick for not using the right words, I would be really disappointed by that. Yeah. I If someone heard that and thought that that was an outdated way of phrasing that, then I can understand if they reached out to you and said, um, most people in the community prefer this terminology now. I can respect that. But yeah, it has become common practice to just hear something and think, um, I don't like that. So I'm going to proclaim my dissatisfaction to the masses. That's what I have a problem with. Yeah. So what are some examples of call-out culture good or bad, that come to mind, let us know, southernhells at gmail.com. I'd love to read more about this. I'd love to read more perspectives about this because, yeah, I I am aware that I have my own um, viewpoints and they might be wrong. I have tried to weigh them out, you know, I, I've read both sides and I've really thought about how does this make me feel and what do I think would be healthier for everyone. And yeah, I feel the way that I feel. And if it turns out I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. I mean, I don't... I don't think anyone should attach their self-worth to their ideas. Like their ideas and things like that should be flexible and they should change with the times. Right. I think so too. So I don't know. With, with that flexibility comes the the need for you to accept that some people are just inflexible. They're set in their ways. And I know some people with some very problematic, I know that that has been you know, the word that's thrown around these days. But I I know some people with some very problematic attitudes who are also really good people. Like, they're good fathers, they're good employees. And I don't know, it's just really hard for me to write off an entire person based on one facet of their life. But I guess it depends on how close I am to that particular issue. Yeah, um, for me, the big thing, like, I just feel like a fire in my brain when I hear casual slut shaming that is the thing that really makes me furious and i when i hear that happen in conversation i try not to just be like you're a fucking asshole i try to be like well you can do that and still be a good person or i yeah approach the topic in a rational way that allows discourse because if i just say you're a fucking asshole for saying that which is what i'm thinking i'm not going to change their mind you know what i mean right so I, I understand hearing something and just being like, this person's an asshole and I want the world to know it. <laughs> but I don't think it's always the best course of action. It would feel really good, though. That's true. Maybe that's what it's all about. Yeah, maybe that's why it keeps happening. People are just like, oh, God, yeah. The rush. <laughs> the rush of it all. Man, and that just goes to prove that it isn't even about the person doing the thing it's about the person typing the vitriol i think it is i think i think it's self-serving in a lot of cases uh it's fucking bullshit we hate it here at southern hills uh well (laughs) well 
yeah, I feel like this is a pretty um, sensitive episode. And as always, we try to be sensitive to everyone. But if we fail that on any front, please let us know. SouthernHells at gmail.com. We would, we're open to discourse. Yeah. And um, we would love to talk to you. Yeah. And before I forget, like I just said a second ago, where um, how close you are to an issue is really going to determine how much passion that you put into arguing against it. But here's the thing. I can only speak from my personal experiences and I can only express and live and exist in the world through my own perception. I can't be constantly aware of every privilege I've ever been granted in my life. That's true. I can't be in everyone's shoes at every moment. And sometimes you're just going to be an asshole. We've already said that, but... Just because I'm accidentally an asshole doesn't mean I'm all the time an asshole. Right. And I think, Rachel, that if you were accidentally an asshole one time, um, you would not deserve for your reputation to be ruined for all eternity. And fired. Yes. And socially ostracized. And yeah, I I don't think you would deserve that. Well, I appreciate that, Kelly. (laughs) I Something that bothers me is if you value the relationship you have with the person or if you value that person then it's worthwhile to talk to them about why they have hurt you rather than just either writing them off completely or breaking out the pitchforks. I agree, yeah. You can tell someone this is bad, but I think it's much more effective to tell them um, this is bad and this is why. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I hope you're subscribed to us. Yeah, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We will be on Spotify and SoundCloud in the very near future for your convenience. Yeah, and look forward to our updated website and pictures. Yes, we have got a lot of exciting updates coming to our website, bios, pictures. Uh, We're really excited about the future of this podcast, and we hope you are too. Yeah, also look forward to the memorial service for the blog. <laughs> RIP blog. Um you had 3 entries total. I think the last one was in November and they were all very perfunctory. So do 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 yeah. do do do. So we will be laying the blog to rest <laughs> here in the near future. So read it while you can unless you want to be some kind of guest contributor. Ooh. Then email us and guest contribute to the blog. I would actually be down for that. Yeah. Write our blog. <laughs> yeah, write, write our blog. Do you have opinions? Do you want to tell us why we're assholes? Southernhells at gmail.com. We'll put it on the blog. Well, thanks for listening. See you next Thursday.